And welcome back to the Walking On Podcast. My name is Jaden, and I'm here with my co-host today, Grant. Grant, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm ready to get this talking going. We're a man down today, Nas. He has some other plans. You know, he doesn't really like his co-host that much. So he decided not to be on episode two with us. But going right into this week's weekly news, Steve Nash and the Brooklyn Nets part ways. That's insane. You know, Kevin Durant earlier in the in the season, in the preseason, he was already saying, I don't like Steve Nash. Let's get him out of here. And, um, you know, it ended up, you know, Steve Nash actually quit. Yeah, it's it's really crazy to me, too. I'm just I'm shocked that Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant outlasted Steve Nash in their time there with the really? Nets. Yeah, overall, like really. And late breaking news. As of today, the Brooklyn Nets have named Jack Vaughn as their head coach. I have no idea who this is. But if the Nets signed him, he must have some sort of give. Well, do you think he will actually be running the coaching, or will it turn into like a LeBron and Lakers situation where KD and KD? Because I mean, Kyrie's down right now, but with KD running, what's going on instead of the actual coach? So here, here's the thing with that: when you have big dogs on your team, you got to find a way to gain their respect, especially as a coach in the NBA, because these guys have been in the league longer than you have. Um, you know, as a coach, and this is a, this is a newfound coach. Um, so if he can gain the respect, you know, of these top dogs and, you know, have that ability to coach them and put them out in points where they're going to be, um, you know, the best to their ability, th- then he'll be a good coach. We had a top, top three matchup, Tennessee versus Georgia. And, man, Tennessee fans are down bad right now because Georgia – atrocious. Georgia dominated the Volunteers 27 to 13 and pro- most likely ruined their playoff chances. Hey, but there's always next season. Sorry Tennessee, sorry. Yeah. There's sorry next to hear. year. There's always, there's next, always year. next year. Another upset from last week, Alabama and LSU. Now, last Man. podcast, last podcast, we me and Nas briefly talked about this matchup and he said Bama by 50. Bama by 50. And I was trying to warn him that I don't know, because LSU just beat Ole Miss the week before, and they were top top seven team. But LSU, how about that? Do you, do you, Jaden, do you, did you actually know how they won, like how it happened? I don't remember how they won, but I do remember turning the channel to see um, LSU fans rush the field. I mean, it was I mean, just, just fast. It wasn't even two seconds, and the field was just full of gold and purple, and you could not see turf. You could not see um, any sort of Alabama or police officers. It was just fans out there having fun. And that's that's one of the best parts about college football, seeing those upsets like that. And you see, you know, all of these uh, young fans, older fans. You know, you got 60-year-old guys jumping off, off the side just to get down there on the field to, to celebrate such an upset like this. But did you see the video with where they got that the pylon the touchdown? Yeah, there there's there is um I actually follow this photographer on on Twitter and uh, I'm scrolling through my feed and the first thing after that touchdown, he he knew he he had this pre planned for at least since half halftime. Had to. Cause as soon as he saw it, he took it and ran. And I give mad respect to him too. The form was there, you know, cradled it just like a football. Shout out to him. LSU needs to give him a scholarship ASAP. Oh my, yeah, that's ASAP. that's a that's a five star recruit right there. If if you were to storm a field, here here's a question. Here's a question for this can be for everyone. If you were to storm a field during a big game, what's one item you would try and take? One item. Sneak off, like sneak off out of the stadium. Honestly, the coaching and players are gonna leave equipment on the sides. 
What what type so, of equipment so are you looking I'm, for? I'm talking. They probably got gloves. They probably got Gatorade bottles, Gatorade uh, handles. Um, shoot, there's probably gonna be some mini misting fans. I really I really enjoy those. <laughs> those are really nice. Yeah, I, I can't really think of too much else. But I mean, of course, besides the pylon, but I can't really think of anything else besides that. I'm going to if OSU. Not this year, however, anymore. We'll talk about that in just a minute about where OSU is at. But if OSU, let's say it was Bedlam again, you know, we're 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 gonna win and we're we storm the field. Give me a helmet. Oh my god! I'm getting me a helmet. Where are you gonna find it though? Hey, once that storm comes, the storm of people comes, and they just have them laying on the sidelines. Just go, grab it off the chairs, the you, benches you they have, have to and listen. go. You just, gotta be at the front of the th- Russian. Exactly, uh, you, Russian got, line. you gotta be right at the front and go Man. out there as soon as possible. Just Pick up that helmet. Wow. Hopefully uh, get through security on your way out, and boom, you're home free. Honestly, wow. But uh, anyways, another good matchup that happened last week. Um, TCU versus Texas Tech. TCU, man. Are they contenders or pre- contenders or pretenders? They are now 9-0 after pulling away from Texas Tech, 34-24. to And they're looking to be the only team with Big 12 playoff aspirations. They're looking really good. Um, I, I got a couple friends uh, that go to TCU, um, and they constantly text our group chat whenever they, you know, they're actually, I mean, not actually winning, but whenever they are winning a game, they're constantly, yeah, horn frog. What, what is what is the the horn frog? Uh, the but, horn frog. But what are they? What is it like? Horn frogs up or something? I don't know. What? what, are they, what I don't are they? even. I don't even know what it is. Horn frogs up. That's what they say. They've been so irrelevant like the past ten years. Yeah. It's hard to really know. Horn frogs up. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Anyway, another another great game that happened. Well, not really for Oklahoma State is, man. We had a lot of players out, a lot of key star players out. Rock chalk Jayhawk, baby. Yeah, that hurt us. Is KU finally here? They pulled off their sixth win of the season, making them bowl eligible for the first time since two thousand eight. They flew wow. right. O- they flew right over the Cowboys, winning thirty seven to sixteen. It's just an un- it's unfortunate timing. As as really what it comes down to, um, you know, you got your your star QB Spencer Sanders. He's hurt. Um, I believe Tyler Lacey went out with an injury. Um, you know, you 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 need those players. You you need them to be able to win games like that. And it's it's just unfortunate that it happened to be that way. Yeah, I, I, it's tough being an Oklahoma State fan right now. I don't, it's like what happened the after. Scene, yeah, the scene on campus. Um, you know, it's been kind of cloudy, rainy. Just sad, glum. Yeah. I, f- I feel like the game this week is probably not even going to be that packed anymore after everything that's happened, especially if Spencer Sanders is down. I listen. I I would say I would still say we get you know some some crowd love. Um, and that, that's one that's one thing about just the Stillwater fan base. Regardless, you know, through the wins and the losses, you know, you always got a place to come back to, which is you know the loving fans of Stillwater. Summing up the weekend of football. The playoff is wide open with three top six teams losing in Week 10. Georgia looks like the top dog to beat right now. Bama and LSU and Ole Miss are battling for a spot in what seems to be the other side of the SEC championship. In the Big 12, TCU is the obvious front runner to me to win the Big 12, but their opponent could be anyone in the Big 12 championship. And uh, like we were just talking about, Kansas football, are they here to stay after becoming bowl eligible, or will the Kansas football coach Lance Leipold Lance Leipold leave to pursue a head coaching job at Nebraska, Wisconsin, or Auburn. What do you think about that? Do you think the do you think the KU coach will stay? I mean, honestly, it'll depend on this season. 
if if his boys can perform and at least you know at least get them to the the CFB, I think he would say the CFP. Sorry, CFP. The like the P. B college football playoff. Yes, the CFP. There's there's no way. The CFP. That's that's a hot take by uh, Jaden right there. He doesn't CFP. Really. Hot take by Jaden KU. Rock chalk Jayhawks. <laughs> hot take <laughs> KU to the college football playoff. <laughs> I honestly think he'll probably leave. We see too many stories like this, these Cinderella teams, and then the next year their coach just leaves for a coach opening. But you know, I'll I'll root for him. I'll say this is the year that changes. Okay. Big KU fans over here for for the rest of the season because Oklahoma State has fallen. However, in the Big Ten, it's a toss-up between Ohio State and Michigan at this point as both teams are still undefeated and they are on a, a war path towards each other in the end of the end of the season. As of today, we do have the new playoff rankings, however. And number one, Georgia, after they beat the brakes off of Tennessee. Number two, Ohio State, rightfully so, in my opinion. They are undefeated. Uh, they did struggle against Northwestern last week, but, hey, everyone has an off game. Right. Number three, Michigan, they are also undefeated. And I think they also deserve the, a spot in the playoff. And number four, Big 12 TCU Horn Frogs making their first appearance in the college football playoff rankings. And, man... Do I hate them because they beat us, Oklahoma State? Yes. Of course. But am I glad to see someone else besides the Crimson Red OU oh Sooners from the Big 12 in there? Yes, I am. Hey, hey, listen, you're talking to a Sooners fan here. I know I am. I'm targeting it you. It sucks. This sucks, man. Um, like, like I was saying last episode, I'm, I'm an honest Sooners fan. We, we, we suck. Um, but I can't give my props to TCU. Uh, I don't like them. They beat, of course, they beat LSU. But they're looking really good, and I know that you know everybody down there is very excited to see what this team has to to offer. Yeah, I I am too. I mean, I personally think they may be overrated, but hey, no one expect. I think no one in, who's a Big Twelve fan thought this is how the season no, was going to go. Coming into the season, you don't say, "Ah, oh, yeah, the, the the TCU Horn Frogs. They're at the top of my list." No, they are going to be in the college football playoff. Like, no, I don't think anyone thought that at all. But hey. Good luck to the Horn Frogs. I do not think they will be there ranked in the future. Going into Week 11 matchups, I have four games that I've highlighted here that I think are going to be the best games next week. The first game, Alabama versus Ole Miss. They are competing to get into the open spot, probably against Georgia in the SEC Championship. I'm going to have Alabama winning 42-14. I think they are very, very pissed off at what just happened, and I think they will just have a blowout win. It is at Ole Miss. I think I think they're going to have some definitely some anger issues at this next game um i'm gonna be looking for some highlights on my instagram feed who, who are you gonna pick who are you picking alabama alabama the next matchup will be taking place in the big 12 and it will be down in austin texas where it'll be the tcu horn frogs against the texas longhorns that's gonna be a good game i think that will be a very solid solid round game texas has struggled this year they are in the same boat as osu However, they are they have they have some players, man, and they're going to be playing at home against TCU, and I think this will be TCU's toughest road game, and I think Texas will actually pull off the upset, 28-21. 28-21, okay. I'm going to go the opposite, TCU, 28-21. Okay, I like it. I like it. Another game in the Big 12 that is my game to watch is Kansas State versus Baylor. This is really not going to affect any of the rankings, and if Kansas State goes down and handles their business against Baylor, they could be that team. We could be seeing TCU versus Kansas State in the Big 12 championship, which is just 
Crazy to that's, think yeah, about. That's, that's a wild thought right there. So my score prediction for the Kansas State-Baylor game, I will have Kansas State 48-0 on Baylor. <laughs> 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 no, I'm like just it. playing. Kansas, like Kansas State, I'll have 35-21. Uh, and my last game to look forward to on Week 11 is LSU versus Arkansas. Now, Arkansas has obviously struggled this year. To me, they were one of my most overrated teams. But LSU... The Big 12 battle for the open spot in the conference championship. There's a SEC battle for that open spot against Georgia for the conference championship. And if LSU can go down there and handle business, I, they will. All, they will probably be in the front running to be in that spot after beating Bama. But if they lose, they'll probably fall out of the race. And Ole Miss and Bama will take that spot up. And my prediction for that game will be, let's see, LSU. It's at Arkansas. I feel like it's going to be a defensive battle. I'm going to go. 14 to 10. 14 10 LSU. You ready for this? 24 10 Arkansas. Arkansas. You're going to have Arkansas pull off the I'm upset. Going for Arkansas. Arkansas will pull off the upset. Moving on to college basketball, the journey to March Madness begins as basketball season is officially underway this week. The top 25 list is out. And when we have at number one is North Carolina. They were the runner up last year in the national championship game against Big 12's KU. Number two, the Zags. Number three is Houston, four Kentucky, you know, the Blue Bloods, five Kansas, six Baylor, seven Duke, eight UCLA. Number nine is Creighton. That surprises me. See, Creighton, they have they have this they have this sleeper pick. Trey Alexander, he's he's been going on a tear on his freshman year, getting minutes off the bench. He's been providing a really good um, scoring outbreak for Creighton. Number ten, Arkansas. They had the number one recruiting class this past year. A bunch of freshmen on that team. Number 11 will be Tennessee, 12 Texas, 13 Indiana, 14 TCU, 15 Auburn, 16 Villanova, 17 Arizona, 18 Virginia, 19 San Diego State, 20 is Alabama, 21 is Oregon, 22 Michigan, 23 the Fighting Illinois, and 24 Dayton, and 25 Texas Tech. Mm. So this week has already started, and a couple of basketball games have already occurred. Oh, you. Oh, you. Oh, you. God, do I love hating on OU. I can tell. Every Big 12 team has already played their first game against, you know, lower level teams that no one like heard of, that no one cares about. All Big 12 teams went undefeated except for those Sooners, man. Boomer Sooner. OU lost their home opener against Sam Houston State. 52. 52-51. And they are the first team in the Big 12 to lose so far. I know that Coach had them running miles after this game. Oh, I would too. That hurts, man. You, ah, that hurts. And being a Big 12 team where we're supposed to be the best conference in yeah, the country. That that hurts. And then you're losing the, to Sam Houston State. Shout out to Sam Houston State. Uh, they did put up a good fight. I know they were partying hard, hard. They're the big dogs on campus. They went back to campus and, you know, chest out sunglasses on walking around with pride that's that's a really good win for them as much as i want as much as i want to dog OU more um i will hold my peace because i'm pretty sure oklahoma state takes on sam houston state at home in the next couple of weeks and i would hate for karma to bite us in the in the you know <laughs> that would suck that would be horrible another big 12 team that struggled was also tcu they lost by one point to arkansas pine bluff wow yes it's no, they won. They won by one. Oh, okay. my bad. They won Ooh, by one. I was like, TCU lost to Pine TCU Bluff. TCU won wow. by one. It was, it was close. Being 
They were ranked 14th with preseason Big 12 Player of the Year, Mike Miles. Hey, basketball basketball's different than football. I'll let them escape that one, but man, that that's a scary sight to see yeah. if you're if you're, you're a TCU fan. One. Yeah. We just went through the top 25 teams in the country, Jaden. What do you think about the top 25? Who do you think who do you think deserves to be up there? Who do you think is overrated? Who do you think is underrated? What what are your thoughts? Honestly, most of the list is pretty agreeable. Um, where where you know the part of the list that you know I kind of will see them just a little bit higher. Um, I would say Arkansas. Um, they have some dogs, even though it's a lot of freshmen. Um, they have a lot of talent. I, I want to see them a little bit higher, and then as well as um, Villanova. Um, kind of seeing them at sixteen, that just kind of hurts just a little bit. I'll see. I want to see them higher too. My opinion is I also agree with the Arkansas take, even though. There was a pre there was a preseason scrimmage where they played Texas and Texas won by 30. Ooh. I don't know if you knew that. Tex- I did not know that. Texas won by It was a preseason <laughs> uh charity event scrimmage at the Moody Center in Austin, Texas. Texas won by 30 points. So I don't know if I I think they should be high, I think they're top 15 team. I don't know if they're top 10. I think Texas should be top 10 cuz they have they have a lot of they have a good recruits but they also have experience. This Arkansas team is pretty young. Uh, not as experienced as Texas team. I think it showed in that scrimmage. Also, Gonzaga, I think, should maybe drop a little bit in Tennessee's rise because they also had a pre uh, a pre season scrimmage against each other. And Tennessee won, I think, by fifteen, maybe. I wow. can't remember. Uh, I don't know. I can't. I don't know the facts on that one. I do know the Texas won by thirty for sure. But Gonzaga did lose that against Tennessee, so I think Tennessee should be maybe top ten, and we'll probably see them rise as the season goes on. But that is my takes for uh, the top 25 teams that are on the list. Last thing we have to talk about in the college basketball segment is basketball prodigy Mikey Williams, class of 2023, finally commits, and he commits to Penny Hardaway and the Memphis Tigers. What do you think about that, Jaden? Honestly, I kind of like it. I'm sure that you know he's had talks with Penny Hardaway, and there's probably something to do with um, coaching staff and you know um, just atmosphere of the team. Um, but I think that he'll be a good fit in Memphis. I really am excited to see, you know, where, um, you know, this upcoming class of high school generation is coming. Of course, we got Mikey, Bronny um, is coming up, too. I'm really excited to see what they're going to be able to do in the college world. For those of you who don't know who Mikey Williams is, he has been a basketball prodigy, kind of like LeBron, or maybe younger since his... Eight, like, eighth grade. Eighth grade. Cause- he, he's been in the spotlight since eighth grade. I'm talking... And one mixtapes. I'm talking Ballers Life, um, um, not arenas, um, um, high high school gyms just packed to the brim with people barely being able to sit just because he's coming up to hoop. Um, he's he's really been a star for a while. He was, I think, 16 when he hit a million followers on Instagram, and now he's at 3.7 at 18 years old, which that's, is just that's un- more than some of the NBA. Players. Yeah, that's just unfathomable. I'm just not able to grasp that his following at that young age it it really is crazy like you know kind of just this next generation of hoopers how you can already tell that they're going to be different and i think it's going to change both college basketball as well as the league and i'm really excited to see that in these next coming years um but going forward into the next topic of just with mikey his nil potential is through the roof and i've already um i've already been seeing this with uh, of course, Bronny, he's been having Nike deals. Um, I believe that he's working on something with the FaZe Clan. Um, with I, think, I don't know if it's an NIL deal or if he's just um, just kind of signed to them. But 
they're getting these you know these sponsorships they're getting these looks already and they're not even in college yet they're senior year going into college what would you do if you had all this money in high school what 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 would you how would you approach it one i would not know how to to approach it um because it's not only you know you're getting stuff from nil but i'm sure he has you know merchandise i'm sure he has um meet and greets that you know he i wouldn't say make people pay for but there's probably a lot of different opportunities and things that he has to monetize what his name is already going into his senior year i wouldn't know what to do with that money or i don't know you know how i'd even handle you know, having that much potential going into college, especially knowing that you're going to be able to get even more of NIL or even more of um, fame or wealth or whatever it may be. I don't know how I would handle that. Yeah, I don't know how I would either. But for Mikey, he's probably he's probably more attained to it because, I mean, at 16, he had a million yeah, he's, followers. He's been used to it. So he, he probably has, you know, some industry secrets that we don't know about that, that keeps him sane. But... Yeah, it's just really, it's it's insane that he's getting this much. Breaking away from college basketball, our next segment will be the NBA. And man, let's get straight into it. What the H is going on with Kyrie Irving? You know, these last couple of years with Kyrie, um, he's not afraid to speak his mind, but I think that is bad. In a sense, yes. I mean, of course, you know, you want to be able to speak your your free thought and your free mind, but it has to be to a point. There has to be a limit to be set. Um, and so, with these anti, he he reposted. Um, if you guys don't know, he reposted um, an anti-Semitic film on his Instagram page, and that caused an uproar um, in the NBA community. Um, and so, uh, the Nets, um, as well as Kyrie, uh, they paid. Uh, I think it was five hundred thousand each. Um, two anti-Semitic uh, programs that um, kind of tear down those walls. Um, but he still hasn't issued any form of apology or, you know, um, just addressing the fact that he reposted that. And I think that's where a lot of the outrage is coming from is that he's not addressing it and he's kind of sticking to that. I said what I said instead of, um, you know, trying to understand a community um, that I personally know nothing about. And I, I'm not sure if he does, but... Um, if he doesn't, then people just want, you know, like, hey, this is why this is bad. We want to teach you so that this can be changed. And we want to show this to both you and the community of how this can be different instead of what it is. I totally agree with everything you just said. That was a great way of breaking it down. Um, but, I mean, it just seems like Kyrie Irving just can't escape controversy it's just one yeah, thing lately, after the other lately the media has been eating him up alive um what was what was happening before oh he he, he just wasn't um uh, playing um i know la- last year um he didn't want to get vaccinated um for uh, the covid 19 shot and uh, uh the city of new york had issued something where it was like um you're not allowed to or no it was i does that stop the recording? No. Um, but yeah, no, he yeah he didn't want to get vaccinated. I believe and it was different cities throughout the United States that allowed it and then didn't allow it. And New York City was obviously one and, yeah, that New York wouldn't City, because it's so compact Yeah, there. because there's, I, I don't even know the population, but there's 
it's such a dense amount of people where they had it um and they're just like this is if you want to be out here playing the game then this is what you need because um he just um he he didn't want to do it and so he just didn't play at all um last year and so that brought out controversy because now you're paying um you know millions of dollars to a player who isn't even you know on the court um providing this um you know his basketball skills to his team um and he could do it at some away games but i believe i don't he didn't play a lot and so he, he just had a lot of controversy controversy which is sad um and because of this anti-semitic um kind of rant that he has been going on um nike has suspended uh their relationship with him so they're no longer you know making Kyrie's. um and that also brought a lot of uproar because a lot of college professional middle high schoolers use Kyrie's as their shoes and i'm sure a lot of them now are being thrown away or being burned or whatever the case may be so it's kind of, it's it's sad to see that he has all this controversy surrounding him yeah it's just it's just really crazy and to me if i'm if i'm a gm for the brooklyn nets it's like at what point do you just cut the leash you know like if it just continue if he continues to keep doing being, things yeah, being in bringing, controversy bringing your brand into a bad spotlight so yeah, at one point are you like well yeah that is that's trade tough, deadlines coming up <laughs> here you go yeah, that's a tough that's a really tough pill to swallow or have you know just having to even have that conversation of what do we do with Kyrie we want we want his basketball skill but off the court this is what he's bringing to the Nets brand this is where because they've been the Nets have been rebuilding and they've been doing a, a really good job especially over the past couple of years and not only with their branding um changing their logo changing um how their stadium I mean I said how their arena looks um you know they're trying to change the culture they're trying to change um what they mean to to New York or New Jersey um and so it's really hard to brand or get yourself or your it's hard to get your brand to where you want it to be when the person who is supposed to be a face or a front runner or a head is diminishing that so it's, it's, that's a just that's just a tough pill to swallow. exactly exactly moving on to the brighter side of the nba the nba power rankings so far at the beginning of the season we have number one oklahoma city thunder no <laughs> You, okay, you, you see. Can, you can do that again. Okay, see. At number one, we have, like Jaden wanted to say earlier, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Oh no, we're just kidding. Obviously, Come if you're on. if Listen, you're an NBA fan, I, I love the Thunder. We're going to the NBA Finals this year. Let's go. I agree with that statement. Hot take. You heard it here first. But at number one, seriously, we have the Milwaukee Bucks. Number two, not surprised. Number two, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Donovan Mitchell has been killing the game at Cleveland. Um, it was really sad for me to see uh, Utah trade him. Uh, I, I thought he was a really good asset to have, especially after the amazing performance that he had in the bubble um, series when he was going against uh, Jamal Murray. I mean, that was that, that was, those were games like I wanted I wanted to wake up or I wanted to record and rewatch um, seeing that. Uh, but he's been really killing the game down in Cleveland. Um, I know he's got some really nice pieces and assets to work with there as well. But speaking of Utah, at number three is the Utah Jazz. And it seems as if the trading between both of those teams has worked out for both sides. Yeah. 
If they're if they're both in the top three, in that's power my su- rankings, surprise yeah. team of the year. Like I thought, I thought the Jazz were going to burn. We're going to burn after the trades. What was the Donovan Mitchell trade? It was Donovan Mitchell for they got. A, wasn't it draft picks and picks and I know they have Lori marketing now, but I don't think that's from the trade. It may have been from free agency. Let me look it up. So the Cavaliers sent the Jazz Lori McCarkin, um Ochai Abaji and Colin Sexton and three unprotected first round picks. Um, so they got and two pick swaps for Donovan Mitchell. So they got quite the amount so, of assets for Don. And it yeah. and they're it's working out so far for the Jazz. They are they are yeah, also winning. If they're, if they're if they're a power three in the NBA, I mean, hey, prop, props to both teams for that trade. That's that's really good. Next at number four, we have the Phoenix Suns. I mean, you know, they've been a good contending team the past couple of years. I'm not surprised to see them there. But moving on to number five in the NBA power rankings, Boston Celtics, top five team. I mean, I expect them to be a little higher, but it's still early on in the season. But I mean, I can see why they're yeah. they're here in the number five spot. Number six, a surprise team to me, the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, I have not. I haven't kept up with honest, them. Yeah, I haven't heard from them since. Games, thunder know, shot. Oh, don't even sh- get me the started. Shot, the shot that sent the wave us into a rebuild. Mm, yeah, that that will. Mm, let's not. I cried that game. I don't want to admit it, and I'm still not going to admit it. But it was not a fun time. Anyways, yeah. But the Portland Trailblazers have been doing pretty well. Uh, don't know really what happened. I haven't really kept up with them. But Damian Lillard must be hooping down there. Uh, moving on to number seven, Atlanta Hawks. I can see him being up there, number yeah. seven. Yeah, there. Trey Trey Young is looking really nice. He's he's one of those, uh, like we were talking about in the last podcast, one of those newer generation guys who is scoring consistently on a on a daily, nightly basis. And with the addition uh, through the trade with the Spurs, adding Dejounte Murray was a really great move really, for them yeah. to give him help. But they are not a surprise team for me either to be up in the number seven spot. Number eight, the Denver Nuggets. Now, this is a little bit of a surprise to me because I feel like when they got Jamal Murray back this year that they would be, you know, top five. Yeah. But uh, the- I think Jamal Murray is still adjusting. Um, you know, I think he's trying to shake off those nerves and trying to get that game back. Like like, like I was saying with Donovan Mitchell, um, he, he wants that game because that, that game that he was playing in those moments that he was playing, that is where he's trying to be at again. And it's just, it's just going to take some adjusting for him to get there. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, Nikola Jokic is still hooping. I think he just may have to step up a little bit more if they are to finally maybe one day get to the finals. I think they have yet. They've fizzled out in the playoffs every year. It's, it's a little. I bet uh, Nuggets fans are pretty frustrated with how things have gone yeah, with the I'd team they have. Yeah, I'd be upset too. I'd be upset too. But number nine, we have the Dallas Mavericks. Luka. Luka Doncic. Yeah, everyone should know the story about that. Luka Magic. Luka Magic. One, one man show. The, he's good enough to keep him in the top 10 week in, week out. But moving on to number 10, the Memphis Grizzlies. Not surprised. John Morant. That is it. I thought you'd think they'd be a little higher. Honestly, I agree with this list. As as of this moment in time right now, I agree with this list. Because it's still pretty early. Yeah, it's, it's too young to you know say, oh my gosh, uh, Atlanta is far greater than Memphis or vice versa. Um, and it's kind of just a generalized, you know, top 10. But I, I agree with the list. Moving on from the power rankings, is the time for the next generation of NBA players now? And what I mean by that are is, are the old faces of the league, such as Kevin Durant, James Harden, Steph Curry, LeBron, 
you know, all these faces of the league, are they finally fizzing, fizzling out? Because looking at their team records, Kevin Durant's team is 4-7. and seven. James Harden, 76ers, 5-6. and six. Golden State Warriors just won on Monday, so they were 3-7. and seven. Now they are 4-7. and seven. And then, oh, don't even, we already know the whole story about the Los Angeles Lakers. They are 2-8. and eight. You know, <sighs> is, it just, is it just early season flukes? Here's, or the old face is finally on the decline? Here's what I'll say. It's really hard to put one person on fault for a team losing. That's what I'll say about that. I, I don't think it's primarily their fault that they are four and seven, five and six, four and seven, two and eight. But do you think they're declining? Do I think they're declining? If I'm being honest, I don't know. And it, it, it used to not be, oh yeah, he's not declining. But as of right now, I really don't know. It's, it's really shocking to just see, I'm looking at these records here and just thinking like, these are where four of the, the some of the, the greatest players in the league as of now and where their teams are. And yes, it's early, but two and eight, the Lakers, I mean, they, that they, kind of just, you know, looking at that and then like looking at their roster, you got LeBron, AD, Russ, um, you have, you have two, I forgot both of their names, but the two, um, I think they're, it's a rookie and a sophomore. There's Austin Reeves. Yeah, Austin Reeves, and um, they call him the Uber driver. I forgot. Oh yeah, they have. Yeah, they picked up some guy who was like door dashing and yeah, Uber driving. And yeah, he hit a game. Yeah, he hit. A, he hit, out of the two games they've won, like, they he's have, the one that hit a game winner. Yeah, they have a lot of pieces. I I I I truly just think they're still trying to figure out what role is with everybody because, um, like with when you have like your star players, you have LeBron, AD, Russ, um, you know. Each one of them were so used to, you know, being that dog or, you know, being him, Hemothy, Hemi Neutron. Um, and so they're trying to figure out, like, Russ right now, him as a six-man role, he's been doing good. Um, and they've been giving him the ball, and he's been scoring and producing. And a lot of the Russ hate has been really quiet ever since that he's uh, – I mean, of, of course, is how it goes. But ever since he started playing better. Um, but they're still trying to figure out what pieces go where in order for them to succeed. And I think they found that in Russ so far, but now they got to find that for LeBron and AD as primary scorers. Yeah, I totally agree with that statement. Um, but these younger teams, as we look at the power rankings, you know, you have Utah, the Cavs with Donovan Mitchell, Phoenix, Devin Booker, Boston, Jason Tatum. Atlanta, Trey Young, Denver Nuggets, Jamal Murray, the Mavericks, Luka, Memphis, yeah. Jaw. Are they are are these young stars like? Is this the beginning of the takeover? It definitely it definitely is. You can't really deny that. There there's there's nothing. There's no form of evidence that you could put out saying that the new generation of NBA isn't starting. You know these these are gonna be the cats that you know we tell our children like yeah, Jaw Morant, Trey Young, Luka Doncic. He was. They were some bad men on the floor, so you, you can't deny it. It's coming. You can't stop it. Speaking of Luka Doncic, the MVP race is still early on, but Luka Doncic is currently on a tear. In the last nine games, he has recorded thirty points or more, and he's leading the league in scoring, averaging thirty-six points wow. per game. I did not know that. And this is as of today, as we are filming this. I looked up these stats. Wow. Is he the is he the clear NBA MVP frontrunner? 
So he's not the clear one, and here's why. It's too it's too early in the season. Um, if he can keep this up for at least three fourths of the season, I give it to him because thirty thirty six a game or averaging thirty six, that's insane. Behind him, I think is Curry with thirty two, maybe. Yeah, that's I think. that's insane, especially especially for. I mean, I know. I mean, of course, um, Luca knows what to do with the basketball, passing, scoring, but. You know, looking at him like run or play defense, like it's not too much, but he knows how to score. So, yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, if he does keep it up, this could be like one of those James Harden years or Russell Westbrook MVP years, where it's just one of those years where it's like, it's like, oh my god, like how is this even possible? Yeah. Like with the team, I mean, and they're winning games. It's yeah, it's looking really good for Mark Cuban and the, the Dallas, Dallas Mavericks. Mavericks. It's it's nuts. Moving on from the MVP race, have you kept up or thought about the rookie rookie of the year? Ooh. Uh, you have Jabari Smith from Auburn, if you know who yeah. that is. Paulo Benchero, obviously. Chet Holmgreen. I'm just kidding. He is injured. Hey, uh, he's rookie of the year. We in our hearts, he's rookie of the he, year. He would have been rookie of the year. If I'm being honest, so just like I was saying right here, Chet would have been rookie of the year. Uh, it sucks. It sucks that he was injured, um, because those preseason games, this team was looking nice, man. It was, it was looking that, nice. That Josh Thunder, Giddy, that oh Josh Giddy gosh. connection, and Shea wasn't even like playing right. And we, you know, we we have a lot of assets on the Thunder. But anyway, circling back to rookie of the year, rookie of the year. Here's what I'll say. I think it's too early to tell once again, but Paulo has been looking really nice with Orlando. Um, he's he's already got 196 uh, total points. Uh, he's averaging 3.6 assists. Um, he has 32 assists, 32 assists throughout the season. Um, he's number one uh, in rookies for rebounding at 7.7. Um, he has, he's leading rookies in rebounding. He's looking really nice. As you're saying, uh, Jaden, Paulo's leading most of the stats. In the rookie of the year race, uh, I think he's the clear favorite as of now, as long as he doesn't, you know, knock on wood that uh, he does not, you know, injure himself. But, but as of right now, Paulo is the favorite to win the rookie of the year race. Yeah, the the stat the stats back him up, um, but you can't really can't really debate the stats as of right now. Um, There's still a lot of basketball to be played, but he most definitely is a, a front a front runner as of right now. And now moving on to America's favorite sport. NFL football. So the NFL, we are now coming up on the halfway point of the season. And the month of October brought its fair share of pretenders. But with it now being the month of November, who are the contenders? Who is who? I'm going to start listing a bunch of teams' names that I think are on the deciding points of these two words I just mentioned, contenders and pretenders. And Jaden, I want you to give your... Your thoughts and opinions on it. Buffalo Bills. To me, they are obviously a contender since the beginning of the season. You know, Josh Allen has become that guy. Um, Although they just got upset by the New York Jets, I still think they are on pace to be Super Bowl, Super Bowl bound. Wow. That. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So that kind of just put me in a state of shock because you said Buffalo Bills and Super Bowl. That's the part where I'm coming from. I'm not saying they're not contenders, but that like hearing that sentence 
Like I've not, I've never heard that sentence before. They've been like the predicted team to be in the Super Bowl all season since before. Oh, I, I guess I've been. You've been in the dark to the to the wrong media or something. They, man. they have been Super Bowl. Like they're saying they're Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, they just lost the Jets, which is. I know Josh <laughs> Allen got banged up a little bit towards the end, but hey, the New York Jets are six and three. Speaking of the New York Jets, are they pretenders or are they contenders? I. That was a hard one. I, I I really can't tell with that. It's I don't even know where to go with saying pretender and contender. Pretenders. Yeah, that's where I was going. Pretenders. I was going pretend. Yeah, they I was, have. I was pretenders. Yeah, they have a couple wins, but they really haven't played anyone too crazy besides the Bills. I, like, and I was about to say I feel like their schedule has been pretty. I mean, I wouldn't say easy, but kind of like on the easier route side. Yeah, yeah compared to other teams. Moving on, Baltimore Ravens, who are also six and three. The whole Lamar situation has been going on all year. Pay the man, don't pay the man. Pay the man, don't pay the man. Are they contenders or pretenders for this season? Honestly, contenders, specifically for Lamar Jackson. I'm gonna agree with that statement. I'm gonna say surprise contenders with Lamar Jackson, even though they have no receivers anymore after trading Hollywood Brown. But you know, Lamar will figure it out. Next up, Cincinnati Bengals, five and four. The pe- last year's runner-up Super Bowl, ch- Super Bowl pretender, Super, pretender, pretender. I think they are pretenders. Yeah, coming off of a Super Bowl, you know, season, and you're five and four. Like, come on. Just lost to the Browns this past Monday. Come on. Pretty bad. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, I don't know what happened with to Joe Shiesty, but he's fallen off. Yeah, the, he's no longer Joe Shiesty. He's just Joe. Pretenders. Now, Tennessee Titans, who are five and three, and keep in mind they just lost in overtime at the Chiefs. It was a pretty tight game. They have a rookie quarterback in Malik Willis, who's from Liberty University. Wow. Now he, I don't think he's been balling out, but like he's had. They were five and two before this past Sunday, and barely lost to Patrick Mahomes. Who I have it. I'm going to be honest. I've been watching a lot of Tennessee football, but. Kind of hearing hearing that as, as if you know they're actually competing with the Chiefs, that says something. If you're going to overtime with the Chiefs, that says something. So, I'll, I'll honestly, I'll, I'll give them, I'll give them uh, contenders for that reason. I'll also give them contenders. Next team on the list, the Kansas City Chiefs, obviously six and two, contender. automatic contender, yeah, really. contender. Yeah. Now, Los Angeles Chargers, five and three. Justin Herbert, haven't seen much of him in the media. I haven't kept up with who they're playing, but I mean they're five and three. It's not terrible. I, I'll, I'll still give them contender. Um, they, they still got, they still have time. Um, you know they're not, they're not, they're not the Bengals. So, yeah, yeah, that's a very fair statement. Um, I'm gonna give them, I'm gonna give them contenders as well. And next up we have the only undefeated team in the NFL right now, Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles. Obvious contender. Contender. If if you're eight no, obviously. Contenders. I don't care what I don't care what kind of wins they've gotten, if they've been ugly against bad teams. To be undefeated at this point in the NFL, it's so hard to do. Isn't it week nine? That is correct. It is gonna be week nine or week ten coming into the next week. And they are but to be eight no, that's just that's a that's a really it's hard good to stat. do. It's hard I know to do. uh I know Kevin Hart is happy right now, his Philadelphia Eagles. Oh my gosh. Uh, moving on to the next team, 
America's favorite, most controversial team, and Jaden's favorite team in the NFL. You already know. You know what I'm going to say. I don't even have to say it. You know the, what I'm going to say. The team in Dallas, Texas, Jerry World, the Dallas Cowboys, 6-2 and two after Dak Prescott was hurt. Cooper Rush comes in, wins him a couple games. Dak comes back, still winning games. Are they contenders or pretenders? C-O-N-T-E-N-D-E-R. Contender. Pretenders. Why? You know, they went to the playoffs last year. They they went to the playoffs when they were good. The first year, Dak, probably the best they were at the time. And they were what I would call pretenders. First round exit last year against the 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo at home in Dallas. I, remember I don't that. I don't care what record this team has. Uh they are just not contenders to me. They are probably the biggest pretenders. No, sorry, Jaden. Uh guess what? Guess what? I oppose that. They are contenders. We're winning the Super Bowl. You heard it here probably for the millionth time. Cowboys are gonna win the I, Super Bowl I'll, this year. You know, I'll put I'll put twenty dollars on it. Let me stop. I'm gonna lose Let, 20, Let's bro. not I'm let's gonna, not take let your stop. money. Anyways, um moving on. New York Giants. Six and two. The New York, how about these New York teams? Six and two. They're doing something right down there in New York. It is crazy what's going on. Saquon is back. They've won some some grinded out games. As much as I want to say contenders, I'm gonna go with pretenders. Wow, really? I'm going pretenders. I do not think they they're probably a first round exit team. I don't see them going anywhere beyond that. You see. I was gonna say contender, but after after you said first round exit, what pieces do they have to like if they besides if they were, besides Saquon exactly if they were if they were to go against uh, like the Chiefs right now for instance what pieces do they have to compete? Who's the quarterback? Daniel Jones. I think so. And he's just doing enough just to like game manage yeah, the game. To, but, yeah, they don't. They, yeah, I think yeah, gonna, this team's pretenders. I'm going to use a line from our dear friend Nas. That team doesn't move me. Now Saquon, he gets it done, but yeah, he gets it done. Will Will he? He can't. But he can't do it by himself. He cannot. It's sad to say. Especially, Sorry, especially Giants fans. Football. Yeah, yeah, it's it's tough out here. Moving on to the next team. This one is the most surprising to me, even more than the New York teams. Minnesota Vikings. Kirk Cousins balling out. They are seven and one. Contender. Contenders. Point, point blank period. Actually, no, no. I'm taking that back. Pretenders. Wow. Wow. Pretenders. What's your reasoning? You know, they went to the playoffs a couple years ago against the Saints. Mm-hmm. Had that miracle play with Stefan Diggs. Then lose next round like nothing ever happened. Ooh. That's that's all I need to know. Um, this team doesn't have a lot of playoff experience. Kirk Cousins is a pretty mediocre quarterback despite having a good season so far. I looked at the stats a couple days ago. It's still not like top five quarterback rating in, in the league. Um, you know, I think I think they'll have a great regular season. I see this team ceiling being second round. Uh, and if they lose some games, they may have to play in the first round. So I can see them either losing the first round or second. I do not see them going to the their conference championship now i haven't watched a lot of vikings football this year as well oh me neither but i gotta say contender if you're seven and one um i don't yeah they're on on the stat sheet that we have right here. there's no other team that has seven wins besides the the philly eagles 
seven and one. There has to be something behind that seven and one. I'm not. I'm not gonna say they're pretenders. I'll say they have uh, contention opportunities. Alrighty, moving on to the next team, Seattle Seahawks without Russell Wilson are six and three. Geno Smith is he that guy? Are they are they contenders? I'm not gonna lie, Geno Smith. He's been killing it. He's been killing it since game one. And I put him on my fantasy team after his game one. By the way, he's been doing really good. Um, you know, he's you know he's he's throwing the ball just right for his receivers running plays right, um, getting extra yardage when possible. He knows what he's doing, and I think he's a sleeper quarterback. I also I agree with that statement. Um, I think the Seattle Seahawks are are like the dark horse contenders on this list to make it if they were to go that far. I'm gonna say contenders. Definite contenders. Oh my gosh, definite contenders. Moving on to our last team here on the list, the uh, the lowest record on this list, the San Francisco 49ers, my team. They are four and four. Aw, four and four. After, after they were they were three and four. They were negative a couple weeks ago, but after the trade with the Carolina Panthers, adding Christian McCaffrey, they had a bye week this last week, so they didn't get to play. Christian McCaffrey's played in two games, but they we played the Rams two weeks ago, and Christian McCaffrey threw a touchdown, caught a touchdown. And ran for a touchdown. Here's, they looked like a whole different team. Here, here's what I'm gonna say: Christian McCaffrey is gonna bring a new energy to the 49ers. They're not contenders now, but in the next one two years, they're gonna look nice. They're gonna look nice. Okay, at first I was agreeing with that statement when you said they're not contenders. Maybe in this week, but in three weeks, no. Mid when they're a little bit past midseason form. People better watch out. This is another 49ers. This is my bias speaking to, but they have they once they're healthy and going, man, every team's got to watch out because they are I, contenders. I can't give it. I can't. I can't do that this year. I next year, you know, after they've had a little bit more time, you know, to you know, drop some some well thought out plays with McCaffrey. That's 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 you know that's when I think they're going to be the best. I'm going to stick by my statement and say they're contenders. Okay. I don't want to break it down anymore because we are running out of time here. Uh, but moving on to the next NFL segment, Odell Beckham Jr. Where does he go? He is actually going to be cleared. Cowboys. You think he's going to go to Cowboys? Dallas Cowboys. He is going to be cleared this week and expected to be signed soon. And this is this is why I was saying the Cowboys are contenders. If they get Odell Beckham Jr., of course he's going to be coming off his, um, I think it was his ACL. Um, of course he's coming off of that injury. But if we are able to pick up Odell Beckham Jr., that team is going to be nice, man. We're going to have options. We're going to be able to have those options to, you know, run these different plays and whatnot. Um, I think that he should still play. It's going to be very dangerous, um, especially um, knowing that he's had this injury and he's probably going to push himself, especially after this Super Bowl win with his first ring. But... It's, it is it is crazy. He's he's being cleared. It really is. But I'm I'm excited to see him play again. I'm hoping that he's really healthy and I hope he has a good season. Yeah, I I hope he does too. That brings me to my next point about Odell Beckham Jr.
another point that I want to bring up about Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, do we think he, even if he does come back and is signed, which I, I obviously think he will, will he be that same player that he was in the last couple of weeks for the Rams before he got hurt? Here's the thing, and it's it's always coming off at ACL and MCL. You're not. It's 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 almost impossible for you to be the same player that you were before the tear. And then you can think about that from a medical standpoint. You've been using that same ACL untorn. Um, I don't know how old Odell Beckham Jr. is, so let's say he's like 26, 27. You've been using that same thing for 26 years. It has all the muscles from 26 years, and you tear it. You're not. You're you're just not gonna have that same muscle, that same energy with that ACL. Now, I agree. It is it is possible that, you know, he still comes out and, and does good and I'm not going to shame him for that at all, but it's going to be very hard to be at the level that you were at during the Super Bowl. I completely agree with that. Um I think he will come back and maybe will produce, but he will not be that same playmaker that he was about a year ago and I'm I, it's sad to see, but it's just the it's the hard truth of when these players suffer those those horrible injuries yeah. like that uh, especially in football it's just a hard it's a very physical sport it's hard to come back from stuff like that a lot of pressure but to bring to bring us to our last point we want to talk about here today oh man one of the most iconic dynamic duos in the nfl of the past couple of years on the green bay packers Devonta adams and aaron Rodgers. as many sports fans know there was a trade over the offseason where Devonta adams was or Devonte Adams left. He maybe not trade. He may have left in free agency. He left. He's he's not on the Packers anymore. He's on the Raiders. And many people thought this may be a good thing and a bad thing for both players and Rodgers and Devonte Adams because Devonte was like top two, top one receiver in the league, and Aaron Rodgers obviously being MVP last year. He's a top quarterback in the league. Like man, they still will both succeed. Uh, on off. Hang on, let me fuck that up. Many people thought it'd be maybe a bad thing for them to split up because they thought maybe they'd struggle being apart from each other. And man, were they right. This The splitting up of Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams so far has not proven good for either team. Green Bay Packers are now 3-6 and six on the season. I know Packers fans are hurting right now. That used to be my team before the Cowboys. Wow, that's that's a whole other thing to talk about one day. How are you? Whoa. Aren't they like rivals? Des yeah. Bryant? Like, yeah. whoa. They're, uh, yeah. They're, like, okay. Yeah. Anyways. Green Bay Packers are three and six now, and the Raiders are two and six. It's just—it's really sad to see. Honestly, both teams could—we just could have stayed how it was. Um, they, they would probably both have equal records right now, if I'm being honest. You know, there's there's nothing you can really do about that when you think something's gonna work and it just doesn't. You just gotta kind of roll with it at this point. Yeah, it's just—it's just sad to see these two players split up when they just dominated most teams together. Even though they never—I don't think they ever got a Super Bowl. But they were just always fun to watch, and I think it benefited both of them for their careers on being on the same team, and sadly, it just hasn't worked out. Thank you all for taking the time to listen to us today. We hope you enjoyed everything we talked about, and we would love to hear back from you. If, if you want to hear more, please give our podcast a follow, and follow us on Instagram at walking underscore on underscore podcast. Thank you once again for tuning in and join back with us next week, and this is Jaden and Grant signing off. Peace.